2: All right, my show, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, has hit 1 million podcast downloads because of you. This is huge. That means we're in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the show and supporting what we do. Iron sharpens iron. On this show, we dive into the most pressing news of our time. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Providing insightful commentary and a heavy dose of fact-based truth. We cover criminal justice, politics, social justice, policy, and how racism affects us all. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Richie on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed to our show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to rate us with five stars. Now that we've reached one million podcast downloads, let's get our show to number one in the podcast charts.
0: Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon, and scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com helping friendly to learn more.
3: Osiris.
4: Let's go, we're here. We're back. Let's go. Another great show. Hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah. we're really good at this intro thing, you know. Hello.
1: Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What on earth is going on? Greetings. Uh, Really excited about last night's show, man. What a what a really awesome thing and especially for like all the people that RJ brought to their first goose show. (laughs) Uh
0: They got all kinds of extra stuff with it. They did. It's true. It's true. It was wild. It was a wild show. It was, it was, it was interesting. There was like some uh I don't know. We should talk about it because I want to get you everyone's perspectives who wasn't there who Mm were like the people who weren't there. But um it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well uh talk talk talk
4: us through the like you know getting to the show, the venue, the vibe.
0: I mean, you know, this is like, uh, now this is my second show on this tour. I guess they're the, they're all the same, which is like, you you kind of like pull into a parking lot and then you walk into the venue. It's like, there's like <laughs> no, like, you know, there's no like waiting in long lines and dealing with like complicated parking situations. You just like drive into a college hockey or basketball arena and then you walk in and you're like there and it's, it's this, like
4: simple. This is the jam band experience, you know, like my yeah. league hockey arenas in the Northeast. Yeah. Totally. This is it. This has been, you know, that's been a thing that you know the guys on Thirty Six from the Vault uh, talked about a lot throughout that podcast. But it's yeah. jam band. Jam bands are are destined for Northeast minor league hockey. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's also it's just it's it's awesome to get in there. I, I like the GA thing. You know, it's like it's stressful with Fish mm-hmm. because it's always sold out and like you know at Dix or Hampton, it's going to be like a pain. And like at these shows, it's just been like it was just chill. Like, you know, we had a big group and it was super cold and super windy. So we did not go into like any exploration of anything. We just went straight into the venue and um, it was great. Um, The getting in there was easy and and simple. And um, I think Jonathan, who I was with all night, I think he's going to join us soon um, when he finishes his work job meeting. But (laughs) real. um, Yeah. So, yeah, the one funny thing is that we. The the bathroom lines were fine. The beer lines were extremely long the entire time, and partially, I think one of the other venues did this. I, I heard they they only sold cans, and then they you have to pour each can into a plastic cup before they give them to you. So like it's like these guys really like inefficient, kids, like very slowly pouring a beer in a cup, and then like a second time, and then you're like, dude, are you you got to be kidding me? It's like twice the waste. And just really hard. So that was the only thing, but um, it was really, it was, it was great getting in. I, I love these kinds of venues, bigger than Moon and Township, but, but still like totally, totally awesome. It's a
1: similar experience at Lowell where yeah. like, I just, Lowell was like hot too. And like, all I wanted was a water. And like, I was basically standing in this line and like watching them pour beers into cups. And it was also, excruciating. Did, didn't Lowell also stop selling beer at like 1030? I don't know. I I like. I probably got my last beer like right before the the goose set. That's fair. Uh, or I, like, you no, know, it's separate. Um, I I but. just I, I
0: just noticed. But um, they sold out. They ran out of beer last night. Wow, they <laughs> they weren't the prepared. News. We well, went back during the tab set to get another beer, and instead we we each got a Mike's hard lemonade, which is like kind of exactly <laughs> what that? you want, and it was just so good. It was warm too. It's like oh, drinking oh, warm lemonade. I mean, couldn't 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 have planned it better.
4: It's almost as
5: bad as a hard kombucha.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs>
4: go, Neil Neil's taken inspiration uh, from me and has been has been diving into the 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 world of hard kombucha.
1: I, I tried one time. last night for the first time. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but
0: it's kind of it, like it's it's a little bit sour, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It hit them harder
0: you know, than I expected. And,
1: yeah, I, they they did hit me harder than I expected. But the <laughs> the funny thing about this run though is every sh- every venue they go to they're just really putting them to the test. And then you'd like get to see like how well prepared these venues are yeah. or like what's about to go down. Like Glenn's balls, not prepared at all. Right. Like people waited in line for quite a long time to get in. A lot of people missed the first two songs. Sounds like this venue was really nice and like got in really quick.
0: Yeah. I mean, partially Except like for running beer, out of beer, yeah. <laughs>
1: <Except> <laughs> but it, it is running where,
0: you know, they, they have a like fairly decent size, basketball team that plays there you know like george mason it's like you know it's it's it, they're they're used to having you know four to six thousand people come for a basketball game
4: i think there's a big difference between a basketball game crowd and like a you know taboo show crowd like you know i i don't know if people at a basketball game are going through that much beer
0: it, yeah i mean it really depends who you are you know Depends sure, who you go sure. with. Well, let, let's let's talk about the show here.
4: Yeah. Uh, starting with the goose set, you know, we get a, a nice 22-ish minute Arrow to open up the show. Um, solid Jam, I would say, you know, Arrow's been trending a little bit more above average uh, this fall than it did in the first, you know, two-thirds of the year. But I still wouldn't say that this is, you know, particularly excellent, but there there were some sections of it where, you know, they're hinting at, going in different directions um, than we typically see in arrow more great vintage vibe playing from peter you know you can tell that he's really enjoying uh the sound of his new stereo console this tour there's been a lot of that
0: yeah i mean i thought in the room so my friend patrick um who has been you know fairly vocally um unimpressed with goose, um, over the past, I don't know, three years of me texting him about it. Um, and for some reason, I just haven't stopped, but finally he gave in and went to the show last mm-hmm. night. And, um, you know, it's literally been three years of him being like, ah, I don't know. They sound like every jam band. Um, but what he said, which I think was a good point, And it's the difference between listening and, you know, we're watching and being there in person is that they, what he said is like, they had real command of, there he is, um, real command of the arena, You know, Mm -hmm. and I do think that's part of the whole point of this tour, which you guys have talked about. It's like, it does seem like it's, it does seem like they're kind of getting used to playing these bigger venues and like that opener, they, they did a good job of just sort of like bringing the crowd in from the start and really like building, building the peaks, you know, and, and the payoff at the end. I mean, it was, it was really good, but yeah, I agree. It didn't like, it was long, longer than I thought, given the kind of, it wasn't like multi-dimensional, you know? Yeah, that's the kind of thing that Arrow does. And we, we talk yep. a lot about that on the pod,
1: which sometimes Arrow can go for a really long time and without just basically that. stay in that that same lane. This one had a little bit of extra spice to it, like Ryan was saying. I think the the vintage vibe parts were pretty pretty neat. And uh, there was yeah, I don't know. I, it was a little more electric this time, at the end than it has been, you know, at the first two thirds of the year, like you were saying, Ryan. Uh, and it was also surprisingly long, like you said, RJ. I think yeah. we were like in group chat last night and I was like, wait a second, has this really been twenty-two minutes long when it was getting towards the end? And and mm-hmm. it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was um it was really cool. Great, great opener, and I think brought the uh brought the long brought brought the people along. Um yeah, I don't know, is it? Is that Brian? what Ryan asked?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That last night's arrow and the all I need that was with Trey. Um we're both kind of in that 22-minute range. Um, nothing else has been, um, has quite hit that mark. Um, and the only, Look, the only thing I would add to the arrow is, I, and I've seen this in a, in, in a number of jams, but it, it got off to a really nice laid back start. The first few minutes of the jam I thought was probably my favorite part. Um, you know, you already mentioned the, the, the vintage vibe play. Rick was doing some nice kind of reverse echo. Um, so yeah, I really like that, and then it, it did it did ultimately kind of gear up um, into a nice up tempo. I think what we're all kind of calling a fairly standard um, arrow jam, but yeah, it did have some juice um, to it, and uh, and yeah, I mean, solid version, and 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 you hit it, Neil. I mean, or maybe you said this, Ryan, but yeah, the, the arrows have been kind of trending, you know, a little bit on the above average side, but it it still feels like we're just never quite hits it for us. Mm-hmm. I, I know in our group that that's kind of been the theme. Um, but uh, yeah. And like we've said too, you know, you got 90 minutes, so 22 of them is a big, you know, that's it's a big, big commitment. Shot. So, and then, uh, but anyway, yeah. And then, you know, I guess uh, seekers after that, which, you know, I think is in that pool of songs that maybe were um, kind of on the hump and we weren't quite sure, like, well, you know, will we, are we going to see that in this tour? Is that going to make the, make the cut? So um, so a little bit surprised for me to to see Seekers, but um, you know that's it's a song that a lot of people love. And by the end of Seekers two, I mean you know yeah. you're 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 feeling pretty good. So
4: what I what I'm curious about RJ is how Seekers translated in the room because to me, just thinking about it, I feel like Seekers one maybe wouldn't translate that well to an arena setting, but Seekers two, a hundred percent would.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I was telling Jonathan that they they're called the Seekers one and two but like it's just the same song it's just long yeah um and you know i think once but but it's true that the first three or four minutes is sort of like i think a lot of people were um like it was definitely like it felt like a breather you know yeah felt like a like a little bit of a break which was fine Mm -hmm. because it did it did pick pick back up um seekers two, hey it always yeah yeah i mean i think i love it i love the i love the song i just call it one song sorry it's just yeah. a song. That's fair.
5: Seekers two is number one. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the numbers fool you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got that true. that big that big peak in it. You know, the the big dramatic guitar swells that uh, you know it makes Seekers one worth it. So there you go. There I, you told, go.
0: I told Jonathan it's like Fluffhead and Fluff's travels. Yeah, interesting. But that's kind of the way the way I see it. But you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more complicated than that. Interesting.
4: Um and then we get Thatch uh making another appearance coming back quickly. Very happy to see this one again. Very very happy. Oh. Um he's here. Hello?
3: Hey. Yes.
0: Here he is. So uh
3: the, pro- the professional podcaster can't get his computer to join a podcast <laughs> tonight. So sorry I'm late.
4: Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, right off the bat, um, your percentage of being sold on Goose after last
3: night—eighty-three point six. Okay, that's pretty good. Where were you before last night? We don't have to talk about that.
4: Okay, all right. (laughs) That sounds good.
3: It was it was above fifty for sure. You know, I, I like the band. I like Goose. Let's just walking in the door. I I I don't dislike. Didn't dislike Goose. Still don't dislike Goose. They're a cool band. Um, I enjoyed what I saw. Uh, production on this tour uh, is great. So first of all, they put on a good show, and um, they have they have good guests. <laughs> 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 At least on this tour. Uh, so what's not to like, right?
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So. Jonathan, just to go back to the the arrow opener. Uh, we just talked about that, but you were, you oh, know, that was right. what twenty twenty some minutes. Um, and then the seekers, we were just talking about the seekers, part one and part two. And I, I, I told you that it was sort of like fluffhead and fluffs travels. So it just goes together. It's sort of like one one song. Yeah.
3: It's funny, you but you also said that nobody can tell them apart, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> I know that was that <laughs> might have been an exaggeration because these guys probably these guys can tell I'm, you where they start and end. I was sort I'm of sure making, I was trying to try. exaggerate it a little for you. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Okay, well, you, you you had me fooled until I was like, oh, I bet this is the beginning of part two. Um, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I like I liked arrow opener. Uh, just to keep it quick because you already covered it. That was that was big, and I think that's a great way to start a show, especially when you know. They've got to expect they've got a, a, a more than a handful of complete noobs in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So let's come out and throw something big on all of those folks, and and they did that, and I loved it, um, and I was pretty into what was happening at the time, and uh, I like Seekers too.
1: Awesome. So for for what it's worth, um, every time I do a live set list, if I'm doing it from like the pod account, I get, like question myself as to where Seekers Two begins. So you guys aren't uh, alone. Really? Like, I always get, like, a little bit nervous. Okay. You're like, is this, like, am I going to get this, this wrong?
4: This <laughs> like, is the guy that's winning Fantasy Goose
1: with, with um, this yeah, opinion? It's just, like, a, a like a Ugh. weird little, like, I'm putting this out into the universe anxiety. You know, you just want to get it I right. Bet,
5: I bet Nate knows where Seekers 2 starts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Nate is my brother. Uh, um, uh. But it's because they don't play them apart. So, like, how, you know, why? They why, have did, why twice. Yeah. I mean, but, Okay. All right, I wasn't. Come on, trying RJ. to be literal. I, I meant like yes. Sorry, I meant in general, in general, they play them together. Yeah. All right, I'm done. That's all.
4: <laughs> we we were just going. Uh, we were just starting to talk about Thatch. Um, you know, Jonathan, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this song. So Thatch was debuted just on Sunday in Glens Falls. Second, this last time was the second time played ever. It's fine. Um, and they said on Sunday that it was two days old. So. Uh, happy one week birthday to Thatch
3: (laughs) you know uh, that venue is where I saw my first Fish show 28 years ago and that night Fish played a song for the second time so keeping up that very very specific streak uh, is something I'm really proud to do Mm -hmm. Um, I like Thatch that was cool RJ pointed it out to me at the time and I was like okay new I mean I would not have known it was new Right. I had no way of knowing, and uh, it seemed pretty reasonably well lived in by the band at the time.
0: So Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's, it's progressing. I mean, I think it'll, it'll turn into a bigger bigger song, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, do you guys think so? Yeah, that's the thing we've talked about a bunch. I think when I first heard it the
1: first time, I wasn't really sold on it right away. And then I listened to it the next day, and I was like, oh, I can see this song going really big. Um, and then the version that they played last night definitely seems a little bit, they seemed a little bit more comfortable with it this time, even still. And like, you know, it's like Jonathan said, it, it's, it feels pretty lived in already. So uh, I, I see this kind of going somewhere big if it's a week old and they're already so comfortable with the song. So, you know, when they get off this tour, I'm excited to see where they take it and maybe drop a 20 minute version on us. Who knows?
3: Goose Miss It's going to be good i'm ready for it it's go. definitely coming at gooseless <laughs> go it mark, mark it down
0: <laughs> it was i thought that was a good i mean but it was like between seekers and thatch i think it was a little bit like people were kind of like where are the bangers you know yeah. yeah i think that was and then you got you know then, then, you then got, we got the banger yeah we got the um my friend patrick who i think was watching he he asked me a couple of weeks ago, because two of his friends were going to see one of the previous shows. And he was like, what's Goose's You Enjoy Myself? And I was like, well, <laughs> there isn't, there, there isn't really one. There. one but, but Arcadia is the most played and, they're, and like the most well-known song. So like that, I guess that's what I would say. And then when it started, then he was like, so this is the Goose Yum? And I was like, not really. Um, <laughs> not, not in any other sense, really. Bad analogy.
4: Yeah, where where's the where's the seven minutes of intricately composed music? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you're just not get it. It's
4: so
5: so. Sometimes it is a little funny because you know, on the on the and I'm, I don't want to get any grief for this, but on the fish fan side, you know where a lot of the hate comes. You know what I mean? It's like oh, you know, too much like fish and this fish and that fish. But then you know, and then and then people start to get a little bit interested, and their first question is, well, what's their yam? yeah
3: so can i talk about this i had some thoughts about this earlier and i don't remember you know we did a podcast after trey sat in and talked with a couple of you guys then and uh the first time at radio city and i don't remember what i what i talked about then but i I was thinking today about this uh you know fish goose thing and people you know I talked to somebody walking out of the show last night and he's like, Yeah, you know, it sounds a little bit like fish. I'm like, No, not really. It did, I not, mean, doesn't. Right. So uh, thank you for the backup there. Uh, the <laughs> To me, and I, I was texting with a friend this morning uh, that it sounds, they sound more like a 21st century indie band, whatever that is, uh, that jams. And surely 100%. fish is in their back pocket as something they've listened to, and respect possibly inform some of their jamming, but I don't really think they sound like fish in any way. So mm. let's not to disrespect fish. I would never. But let's, you know, put that behind us people a band doesn't have to sound like fish to interest people who like fish or it (laughs) shouldn't. And if it does, then you're out of luck because there is no band that really sounds like fish. That's worth your time, except for fish.
5: And and if they do sound a little bit of a little bit like fish, a little bit of the time, that's okay. You know, like, of course.
3: And it's probably attributable to shared influences or again, you know, they are a little bit influenced by fish, but I mean, there is no Yem. Yeah.
5: You right. want it, yem, it, it,
3: there's a whole other band that plays that.
5: And, you know, you, you said we need to describe it as like 20 to 21st century kind of Indian things like that, that. That there seems to there seems to be a movement now on this indie groove label that 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 seems to, to have really caught on. And, you know, perhaps that's one of the better monikers for for their sound. You know, I've got no problem you know, with that one.
3: A lot of those, a lot of the bands that wear that moniker are less song oriented than Goose is. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're writing, they're writing songs. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that was like maybe six months ago that I tweeted that, Goose sounds way more like Vampire Weekend than fish, and I got like a lot of. I mean, I I, it was (laughs) that's a conversation starter. Partially just to see what happened, but um, you know, (laughs) got got a lot of shit from people. But I like, I think you're right, Jonathan. It's about this. It's about the songs. Like the the band is about the. I think they can jam, but I don't think that's what makes them so unique to me.
1: Hundred percent, for sure. I mean, we talked about it just the the last time we recorded when they did this old C and like. That song standalone jamming aside, is an incredible piece of music, and you know we talk about it on the pod every once in a while when they play something like a e i o u when they cover that that's nobody's showing up to hear like any kind of guitar solo or anything in that song. It is purely to hear Rick sing that song, and he does it so well um and the band is just so good at executing songs well and and you know it's one of the reasons why I'm a huge fan of the band
3: yeah. So now let's talk about this big jam.
1: I was going to say, yeah. Yeah,
2: Now that we've talked about about their songwriting,
4: yeah, Um, I would like to take a moment to um, call uh, Peter out for finally using his Prophet synth uh, this tour because it's just it's kind of been sitting there for most of the shows. Most of his synthesizer playing has been taking place on the Nord behind him. Um, So I was very happy to hear him uh, hit it during this jam, and just the way he was. You know, kind of subtly laying in textures underneath what the rest of the band was doing was just so perfect Um, and listening back to it this morning I was just like yeah like this is amazing this is probably my pick for Arcadia of the year so far Um, you know the the song hasn't had you know a year like it did in 2021 uh, for sure but you know this is I think at the top of the pile it
0: was was excellent Jonathan's up. Saw it. He said his said his thing. He's gone. He said his thing. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. I,
5: look, I, I don't agree with Ryan's take either, but I'm not leaving. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I, I think like the Nashville one. I hadn't thought about that. What, how long was it? I mean, not that it matters. Seventeen. Not that it matters. Seventeen. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought it was it was really fun. I mean, there's. Uh, it. I felt like a little more self conscious at the show last night because I was in between Patrick and Jonathan, my two friends who I knew were like seeing Goose for the first time. So it was sort of like vicariously interpreting the show through them. You know what I mean? So like (laughs) it's it's interesting watching a show like that as opposed to Pittsburgh where I was just sort of like by myself and in my own world. But um I thought it was it's interesting how much of a um like if you if you take yourself out of the having heard this song a lot, it is it's like such a if you if you played a jam band like jam for someone, like this this would be it. You know? Like the bouncy groove and the like, you know, it's just, it's kind of like got that really like stereotypical jam band sound, but the, the jam is awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah this, there... this...
5: Okay. Sorry, Neil. Um, yeah. So, so this was another one for me, where, you know, it started out with a really nice laid back section. Um, and, you know, really, really probably about the first half of, of that, of this jam was, um, you know, was, was really cool and kind of unique in, in that way. Um, and then, um, yeah, about 12 minutes or so they fired up all cylinders and, and it really started to take off and, um, and, you know, yeah, you you know, you're right to call this one out, uh, this song out, uh, because it, they, they're not going to miss with it. You know what I mean? So every, that's why every time they, you know, Peter fires up, you know, the, that, that opening kind of kind of background organ, you know, it's coming. This is why the excitement in the room kind of immediately builds because everybody knows that they're in for a huge treat. You know, there, there's never any question. And it's one of those songs, too, where, you know, it's not like Arrow where it's like, okay, well, let's see where it goes. You know, it may, it may hit, it might not. You know, with Arcadia, you, you know it's going to hit and you don't care if it goes 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. You know what i mean and so yeah this is this was a, a really awesome version and was the highlight of the of the set for me for sure mm-hmm.
1: yeah this one is really really good i think i do agree with ryan this might be my favorite arcadia from from this year so far and it it is you know pretty great jam and i think my favorite part is also what ryan's favorite part was was nobody was really ripping it up at any given point when this happened but Peter was just making excellent music with the yeah. synth. It just sounded perfect. Um, and it was just so tasteful what he was doing because so I feel like things can really go off the rails with synth players and you know, it can get real annoying real fast and <laughs> you know, some he, really, you. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And so he was just kind of sneaking in there and it, it just, it sounded really good. And then also, I mean, we say this a lot, but Trevor, um, Every once in a while, it can really surprise you. And he kind of laid it on thick in the groove here. But every once in a while, he would do something that made you kind of go, ooh, like, that was really cool. And that kind of bass playing, I think, is my favorite bass playing. You know, guys who just go up and play like a thousand notes and kind of stand at the front of the band are cool. And I enjoy them. Um, But I also like this style of bass playing as well, where it's just you don't really notice them. And then when you do, you're really, really excited by it. Yeah. And I, I think there was a lot of that in this particular gym.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was thinking yeah, about that. Listen to Trevor Moore.
4: he listened to Trevor Moore probably. Yeah, that's
3: a, that's what he I was got about
4: from that. to
5: say. Something I think I think really something complimentary uh, of Trevor. Yeah, really yeah. genuine and from the heart. Um, so he'll be we back. Can all,
4: we can all we can all picture uh, what Jonathan was about to say there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously we, we talked about this a bit in our group chat this morning. But shout out to Spuds, um, you know, for really kicking it, uh, you know, pedal to the metal, foot to the floor uh, at around that twelve minute mark, like you said, Brian. Just incredible and the way they like you know kind of like crashed into the ending uh progression at that speed was incredible and then Spuds perfectly you know like brought it down into still faster than normal but it, it's normal cadence uh of the ending but it was it was very well executed, very well landed phenomenal.
5: Yeah. Yeah no no slow no slow Arcadia ending last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we've been seeing, which, which are awesome. But
4: yeah. Yeah. I, I like right the unpredictability. I mean, just... You might get it. You might not. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then they bring Trey out and we, we get hunger Sight tumble, which very solid, uh, solid jamming last night. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know, um, yeah. Trey as, as I tweeted it last night, but I could hear Trey hit the first few notes of that hunger Sight guitar solo over and over and over again, like forever
3: think rick could too um yeah <laughs> i got in a conversation on one of these newer alternate social media sites today and somebody said yeah i didn't think never not sure i've seen rick so animated during a set and i was like mm, i thought he was pretty stoic and probably focused i mean i'm no expert on rick so well we used to cheer when jerry would kick his legs so what do i know <laughs> but um but When Trey plays that beginning of that solo, his grin is unmistakable. I think I commented to you, RJ, he he was, uh, he was animated. Um, he was really into it and it does, I can still hear it in my brain right now. It's, it's kind of a great sound.
0: Yeah. You, um, you said he was, he was almost smiling.
3: Yeah. He was like, you could tell there was, you know, it was a little crack from his,
0: uh, cool focus that I think yeah. I saw most of the night. It's getting it's getting a little more loose up there, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's what it feels like after as this as this goes on. I'm I'm really curious about tonight just because of the with the storm and the you know weather I just I wonder I don't if it's want to gonna, talk gonna about be it. it's gonna be probably the show of the tour, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, I know.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah I was you talking about earlier it, you know what? I because of the snow and me not being able to make it tonight is the only show that there are no members of people on this podcast uh, that we're doing here.
1: Wow! So oh, the streak is broken. Yeah. yeah,
3: you're letting us down, Ryan. I know. I should have braved the weather.
5: I told Ryan earlier that uh, I mean we're probably going to get just uh, Trey's going to sit in for the entire Goose Set and they're probably going to do Dark Side of the Moon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> to a half
5: full arena. Dark and, Side uh, of
0: the Moon and Moby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's probably going to happen. No, it's not going to be Dark Star. God. Guys need to aim high. I know. God. Um, that would be something. What Jonathan what what else did you notice in the in the collaborations because we've talked a lot and and most of us have have seen some of this live. Um what were your takeaways just doing the, you know, during that um collab? Well, I, I- I you know, watched Trey at the Radio City thing and I feel like
3: he kinda knew like he knew Hunger Sight and uh he was excited and engaged. But watching him last night, he was I think he knew the material. He knew the songs and they were he was not just playing riffs along with Rick, he was harmonizing them. Yeah. I saw that a lot during the jams too, where they um You know in exchanging licks and whatnot one of them would land on something the other would harmonize in a different place in the neck and you know and then we got the three parts but i'm getting ahead of us um and uh so yeah i think that trey's invested in the material when he's up there with them and i i which is just got to be absolutely thrilling to the band um you know, the whole experience is probably amazing, but then the to see how invested and into it Trey is when he's up there. Um, they converse well too, uh, musically. And um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And I've already I've I've actually had a running little playlist of all of the Trey Sittins on my on my Nugs and just happy to keep adding more every show. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. I I, I think that's been, yeah, that's been the theme of this tour from the start is that Trey has clearly, you know, worked on these songs Um, and whether he's doing that just for a couple hours that day or or what, I mean, I don't know. It could be, it could be as simple as that, but but yeah, he's clearly coming out. um, Unlike radio city where I think his sit-in was perhaps longer than expected. And so, you know, he wasn't maybe prepared for some of those songs still crushed it Um, on this tour he's been prepared, um, for, for these songs. Now that all said, um, the tumble, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sold that he had that one down all, all the way. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and tumble, you know, has, has kind of the composed bits, um, at the beginning. And so, you know, it c- kind of sounded like Trey was latching on every, you know, every round of, of, of notes from, from Rick, you know, where, where he could kind of hear where it was going and things like that, but wasn't, wasn't completely on that. So I thought it was, that was an interesting song for them to bring him out for. Um, And that was something that I was thinking about earlier this week is, well, what songs might might be easier than others or maybe, maybe more complex in the sense that, you know, is he going to have the time to sit down and, can pick up every note of this, right? So, but I will go back and say also that the, the music that they made together during the jam in that tumble was, was phenomenal. And, and yeah, it, like you said, you know, Jonathan, a lot of harmonizing, we've been seeing that a lot. I mean, the, uh, you know, I, I, we even made a comment or I made a comment one day um, that maybe it was kind of starting to sound a little bit, you know, repetitive by like night four. I, I I haven't noticed that as much, or that hasn't come to my mind as much, and I felt like that jam in tumble last night was uh was really hot, and it felt you know unique and different so
0: yeah, I thought it was yeah. pretty different too, for sure, from what I was expecting. I can't
3: say I had a lot of expectations or knew what I was hearing going into it. I've heard Tumble before, but I couldn't sing it back to you um, but I felt like Trey knew it better than I did. <laughs>
4: He probably heard, has heard it more than you have.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we've got to figure that they're, you know, doing practice room work most nights, right? Mm-hmm. Not just sound check work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it's uh, Ryan and I ran into a member of the crew in Mohegan. I've mentioned it a couple of times now, but um, I keep bringing it up. But <laughs> uh, she was saying was they were practicing together a lot, um, which is actually counter to what Greg was saying. Greg was saying the other day that they hadn't practiced that much together, but I think now that they're on tour together, I think they're hanging out every day playing, and, and yeah, doing stuff. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And that's, you know, I, well, I, I think I, I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat, uh, you know, talking about this and I think we should go ahead and talk about the tab set. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the Billy strings. I have some I, questions. I think I Jonathan is very to excited to talk. And about I want
0: that. Jonathan to talk about it, but I have some, I have some observations from that, that, that sit in but let's go is there any is there anything within the the tab set that we need to talk about it was a it was a fun tab set uh first tube doesn't usually show up in the opener slot for tab you know fish you know does it
4: yep. semi-frequently but i think it's usually set closer or encore for tab so i was
0: excited about that
3: uh, it's better in the opener it's uh too predictable as a closer yeah there i said it
0: we are um we are we are we are confused we're we're confused about what kind of podcast this is but the people in the in the chat which we appreciate you guys commenting it's not a goose podcast it's a fish podcast it's a taboos podcast it's a goose podcast yeah it is what what is it depends what What platform you're watching on what is it good (laughs) point fair enough (laughs) collaboration um i took exactly one video last night and it was during that about to run which was just so i love that love that song i love that the horns and you know it's just the four four piece going going just going all in on that um that was that was really fun do you remember what i
3: said to you after that song rj uh, i i do so you don't have to it was um <laughs> did, you say I'm about, did you say i'm about to run No, I said that this, as in what we had just heard, is exactly what I imagined that song should be after the first time I heard it, which was at the Anthem during the Ghosts of the Forest tour. Yes, you did that. It is a moody shredder and uh, a perfect example of it right there. Um, But otherwise, I felt like the set was a standard outstanding tab set. Tab has been nothing but great in the past, you know, whatever, since last year when they were back after COVID.
4: Which, you know, we've been talking about that bit on these recaps, how it's, you know, it's become that standard outstanding tab set, which, you know, watching this many in a row is a lot, especially it's interesting that they're not dipping into, you know, some of the other corners of their catalog, given the fact that it's an eight night run that's being webcast, which, you know, tab isn't usually, you know, we haven't seen quantity. Um, you know, stuff like Windora Bug, maybe like you know, a lot of tab songs out there that they're not um, playing. Um, but you know, I also would love to hear an "I Never Left Home" pop up in uh, either tonight or tomorrow. That's a really, really great song from Trey's uh, quarantine album. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to me the song selection that they're going with.
5: No plasma yet, right?
4: No, no plasma either. No, no, the way I feel. Only one spin.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about plasma last night. I've been thinking about plasma a lot for some reason. I just feel like it's got to, it's got to make an appearance.
5: I was, I was hoping maybe to see Rick, uh, Rick and Peter come out for that.
0: Yeah, it could happen. Could happen. Maybe they need a reminder. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're watching.
4: Yeah. So. The, the, the Billy the, the Billy sit in is funny because, you know, for those who don't know, um, uh, friend of the pod, uh, Noah Ray posted a uh, uh, a fabricated photo of some road cases with the Billy Strings logo on it. Uh, it well, hold on. It, it was it was scientifically yeah. proven.
3: <laughs> I, I, to be... I was calling this sit in months ago. Like, after I had tickets for both shows. As
4: as soon as the tour was announced, everyone was like, oh, Billy's day off in Fairfax. He's going to be there. But that was a Photoshopped picture, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Lucas Anderton, who did the Photoshop
0: job. I mean, if you look at it, there was like half of a gate that was open and a bike leaning against the gate and then all of billy's stuff next to the open gate with the bike laying next to it it was like i think that's really how and also that's how they leave their stuff and also there's I, no reason
4: for billy to have that much stuff for a sit-in
1: i mean for what it's worth when when trey was doing the radio city sit-in and i happened upon his stuff being basically <laughs> in the middle of the street in manhattan it almost didn't that seem either. real yeah like it, yeah it seemed completely fake to me like I was people like, definitely <laughs>
0: thought it was fake right well, uh, yeah. well yeah, i yeah,
1: thought yeah, it this... was fake <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I was staying at the marriott across the street and you the guy posted uh, it anyway i came through the front door and he's like hey there's a guy on the street with all the trace stuff and i was like what are you talking about Why?" Like, there's a guy with like all the trace guitars and i walk outside and i saw it and i was like this can't be real like it was literally across the street from the venue so they had to push this stuff across the street manhattan so like when I first saw that picture, I was like, this is reasonably believable. I don't know. I mean, Trey <laughs> left his stuff in the middle of the road in Manhattan, but um, then you zoomed in and it was like blatantly fake. Yeah. yeah. So... yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: but well, thanks I... to Lucas for not using a photo that had his stuff across the street. Right. Sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Keep it, keep <laughs> it going a little bit. Um, before we go, I just want to um, just a little bit of trivia here from Toph B. Pretty sure Osiris was created by Tom Marshall, Marshall, the lyricist of Fish. That is true and co-founded by Tom Marshall and co-founded by me. All right. Sorry. Don't you forget it, Toph B. Yeah. So
3: RJ, I think can tell us what this podcast is. He also yeah. created HF pod. So like, like I don't so. know anything. I don't know anything about shit. I'm just here to Podfather. laugh with can, you guys. <laughs> can I say I went to the Billy Strings show on Wednesday night. Yeah. It was an outdoor show. It cold. was cold.
4: Yeah.
3: It was great. And, um, and I knew that I was going to this thing last night, and I was optimistic and hopeful because again, you know, Billy had the night off. He's playing the anthem in DC to tonight. Um, which aren't you going to that, RJ? And um, no, you're not going to. Other people are going to that, I'm yes. sure, because it is probably very sold out. But uh, you know, we knew it was a possibility. Uh, had a great time, yeah. And I was exhausted when I went to the show last night already. And uh, and then we heard that he had actually sound checked. So, you know, we'd seen the fake picture and then we heard the tangible rumors on the ground and we just knew it had to be real. And mm-hmm. We waited and then they didn't open the doors. Did you guys all pick up on that. Was that all over the Twitters? Cause I was yep. off my phone. So yep. we're standing at the doors at six o'clock and there's a sound check still going on a late yeah. sound check. Um, so went and secured our good seat. So we'd be able to see Billy and, uh, Sure enough. And could you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We you were got good, we good were close. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was wild. I mean, I, I guess so I, I just have to ask because we're we're on the forty one minute mark. So we're you know, we've been talking for a while, but I gotta ask Jonathan. <laughs> the the, the acoustics sit in, you know, which was what I guess one or three songs, and then there was there was some Trey and Billy, right? And then once the Goose guys came out for Moma Dance Jabu, and then they came back out for for Carini. Um Do you? Or and and back on the train. Um, it seemed to me like the the vibe was weird to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like That's fun you. and exciting, but it felt a little bit. Maybe it's just because it was so chaotic. I mean, there's so many people up there already, and then you add like another very. Um, loud and assertive guitar in there and it's just sort of like it becomes like chaotic but I just felt like Billy was not really giving a shit about like Trey kind of like would give him like tell him to solo and then he would be like trying to bring it back to the song and then Billy would just like keep soloing <laughs> for like another uh, like I mean- you know, 32 bars or whatever, which, which is fine. But did you feel that at all? Or was that in my head? No, I I,
3: I, I don't necessarily agree with that assessment. Uh, I was watching pretty closely and uh, and sober and uh, focused and listening. And Trey, just as with Tab with no guests, Trey was running that stage. And he was giving everybody the nod encouraging them to keep going looking over and watching cheering he you know one of the things i absolutely love is that when somebody in his band takes a solo and it rips trey is as excited as i am you know he's like he's like yeah you know so great and he was doing that for billy he was doing that for rick um you know i i feel like he forgot that peter was out there so at one point was it get back on the train uh when peter took a solo on the organ Mm -hmm. Trey was like, Oh, look who's over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I did have been surprised by that. I don't know if it came off to you guys at home, but I, that's how I saw that. And uh, no, I, it, it was a lot. It was a lot of traffic control. Once you had three mm-hmm. guitars on the stage and such, but I feel like, um, it, obviously they chose material that they wouldn't have chosen if Billy strings hadn't been there. And yeah, so it, took away from opportunities for the goose tab interaction. Yeah. And if you're solely there for that, I could see that being disappointing or what have you I get that. But I think we ended up with a unique and special night of music.
4: Mm -hmm. What was, what was interesting to me, you know, I, I kind of agree with RJ on that. It was kind of a weird vibe and Billy, you know, didn't really seem to be as like, you know, into like, you know, collaborating, which is interesting to me because, you know, Billy obviously is much more used to playing acoustic guitar than he is electric. And he doesn't generally play in bands with other electric guitar players very much. And so it, it sounded to me like, you know, we've seen on this tour, every jam that Rick and Trey have done together, like they're spot on with the harmonizations. They're in it. They're like, you know, making eye contact the whole time. You know, my dad had a good observation, you know, when they're all on stage, you know, Billy's looking down at his guitar while he's playing, even even when he's trying to play off Trey, when Rick and Trey are playing off each other, they're looking at each other. And so it felt to me, you know, the few times that Billy tried to do the harmonization with Trey, that he maybe missed the mark a little bit and it it sounded a little bit sour. Um, I think the acoustic songs with Billy were great. You know, I'm not a big bluegrass guy. Um, you know, I'm, Nobody's I'm big, perfect. I, I like, I like drums, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I liked meet me at the Creek. Uh, the tweet prize tease was fun. Um, but you know, I, I, I thought the electric, you know, maybe was a bit much.
0: I think what Scotty King said, sorry, just with the comment I had up here, I think that this was, I guess the, one of the main things that I saw, it was like Billy and Rick were kind of, because Trey was, was Conducting right, so it wasn't like they were really engaging each other directly. It was just sort of a, a little bit. Um, it was interesting. I don't know. I think Rick, like Rick, got yeah, drowned it out a little bit. That's what I. That's I what I felt that, at the time.
3: I did feel like that was a missed opportunity to get more of those two guys interacting. More of them. Uh, you know, we had a couple bits. What was it in? Um, in the Moma dance, there was this pretty cool bit where all three of them were peaking you know on the guitar riffs pretty hard um maybe there was another bit in back in the train but by and large it was a lot of passing around the conch if you will and uh just passing the lead around the room which is and then trey engaging whoever had it um, and
0: I, I gotta say, can I just say one more thing? Sorry, sorry, Brian. Um no, no. Jonathan and I saw I think I first saw Billy Strings in 2016 or 2017 at at the Festi. Like I've I've seen him a lot over the years and he's awesome. But he, that guy on the electric guitar is fucking outrageous. And and it it's not just like he was playing some like jazz kind of chords in there in the the Momba Dance and the Karini. Like he was it wasn't just like the acoustic picking translated to electric. Like he was playing some complicated and really beautiful guitar. I mean it was yeah he's, he's, I, I, he's awesome. I recommend people go and listen to the Billy and the kids stuff from back
3: New Year's. Oh yeah New that Adams. was really good. Um so like it's true he doesn't play electric guitar professionally every night like Rick. Um but he's got some chops. Um and I I I do I think this could have been better, but I, I absolutely thought it was terrific and um i want more of it and i wish the carini had lasted another 15 to 20 minutes (laughs) i think that's fair
1: uh i was struck by like just how creative billy was in some of those um in in the moma dance there was a a point where they were kind of doing the the twin lead thing and then billy kind of picked it right up and then basically just started playing allman brothers riffs uh, which i thought was like hilarious like he heard it and he thought the same thing that we all think which is like Oh, this kind of sounds like the my Brothers. And he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to play some Allman Brothers. And then there it was. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool part of the set.
3: Yeah, Billy's representing that voice. It's just like when uh, Trey had him you know, trade vocals on Back on the Train. Because when Billy took the, the second verse at Back on the Train, as soon as the first words came out of his mouth, Trey is laughing because he's nailing the way that sounds, I think. Yeah,
5: I just I wanted to ask.
3: Well. You,
5: I, I just wanted to ask you, Jonathan RJ. Did you notice any? So you talked about the musical kind of interactions and or lack thereof, maybe between Rick and Billy. But did you notice, you know, after they were done playing and as they were walking on and off stage, that there's from the from my vantage point on the couch. There also seemed to be like a conspicuous lack of interaction there as well. Uh, You know, there were a lot of hugs flying around, you know, between Trey and everyone. But I didn't know. I I don't think I ever saw Billy and Rick, you know, fist bump, high five hug. Did did the cameras miss it or did you guys notice that?
3: I didn't see it, but um, I wouldn't read too much into it, you know. Uh I know when he was done, Billy was, you know, grappling with unplugging and dripping his wires off. Rick, you know, was finishing up and he went off around the keyboards, whereas Billy's exit was around the horn side and you know, but they all end up in the same place in the back, and I'm sure it was fine.
0: Yeah, but I, I did notice that. I mean, I I think um Billy Strings is like a s so, he's like a solo rock star like he has a band obviously but he's like i mean he's playing these these sold out shows in huge venues he's like a, and i think he's got you know jonathan's talked to him and we've interviewed him before i mean he's got a vibe he's got like a thing you know he's like he's almost like a, a like a larger than life sort of like personality he's got this charisma and personality thing and i i do wonder if he's just like so big now that he's just like in his own world. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do wonder about the backstage hangs and, and we should try to ask what that's like at some point from, from, you know, people in and around the band, but I, I definitely felt that. And I'm, I'm curious if he's like in, in his own world now, because he's so big. Well, I, my question about the backstage hangs
3: was, was Billy going to have to go out to the loading dock to smoke a joint? Um, <laughs> because, you know, do he's whatever, gonna
4: he'll do whatever yeah. the rest of Goose has been doing the whole tour.
3: Right.
5: <laughs> yeah, Jeb, Jeb usually has his own room. He does. The he story. does his own because, room. You know,
3: Trey's gonna Trey has his, you know, own sort of isolation protocols, but he's going to hang with Goose and surely he was hanging. I imagine that the Goose set involved a, a lot of rehearsal backstage with Trey and Billy.
0: Um. So I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, they, they've all played day. together before. <laughs> exactly. You know? We don't know. They, they definitely like, ha- I mean, they're, they're the two biggest acts in this, in this broader scene at this point. And they, they have played at festivals. And I mean, obviously they have a lot of respect for each other and I'm sure they're friendly, but it, it is interesting because I think the, the humility of, of Trey and of goose, this whole tour has been notable to me. You know what I mean? Like, And that's part of the thing about the playing. Like um, Rick is Rick and Trey are so deferential to each other when they're playing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they're like overly respectful of each other's place. And I think that's the thing when Billy was just shredding, he was like, I mean, obviously he was listening. It wasn't like he was in his own world playing, but I think there was a little bit more of just like, fuck it. I'm jamming. um, Then when Trey and Rick are like kind of very closely, watching each other and, and reacting to each other, but also throwing a third wheel in there. You know, I was saying earlier to friends, like it's like when my wife invites two couples over for a dinner party and I'm like, well, why don't we invite like three more couples? It'll be fun. And like, it usually is. <laughs> the fun. dynamic it's like, is sometimes it's not different right. and it's chaotic. And then like someone gets super drunk and falls. And you know, it's like <laughs> you, you throw a third, you a, a third story. thing in there, uh, uh, you know,
5: a, a, a third <laughs> almond.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
4: This the is story a, Patrick is a good RJ point. Maybe
3: the handrails.
4: Maybe they're only enjoying Sunset Lake CBD backstage.
0: Be highly recommended. <laughs> use <laughs> use the code HFpod for twenty percent off your offer.
4: There you, there you go. And if you're into mushrooms, check out versio <laughs> Wellness. Code Storm Sound Fifteen. Well, we got two shows left. That's that's crazy
1: sad i like it it's like i was saying this the last time we recorded i just like the thought of it ending kind of bums me out but it's i mean i'm so grateful for all this music it's wonderful
3: yeah yeah it, it Every, can't last forever um, right but mm-hmm. wow what a gift and any
4: predictions for these last two nights rockdale with trey Modavan with trey yeah both hope, i hope
0: the rockdale is tomorrow but it's probably gonna be tonight bob yeah, don does. oh wait sorry wait wait,
4: wait. Neil hasn't put in his fantasy picks yet. Um, so we need it's, to refrain. From Don't give
1: him the answers. Speculation. Uh, I've just been consistently winning. Don't worry about me, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> <so>. 40 seconds. <laughs> oh man.
0: Uh,
5: I'll, I'll t- n- no jives, no jives yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, no Rose no
0: yet. Knows. So Jonathan, yeah, what I, was your overall takeaway from that show? Like if you had to summarize it in a couple sentences, I would see it again. Um,
3: I think it was really good, and I want to even make a prediction, uh, more of a wish list than a prediction, is I want, I want them to close tonight with Half Step with Trey. Yes, please. It's
0: great. Yes. Would, be, would be so great. I do I wonder would, about, uh, I think we talked about that, right? Like, whether Trey is going to not want to do a dead song, but um, I, I think yeah, they should, Trey's I think game. They do it. Will I was they wondering if him. they were going to do a Hornsby song with Trey. I would That's love the that. way you know? it
4: is with Trey. That would be... That'd be
0: cool. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, everyone who's commenting, thank you all. Hope, I hope we did this show justice. There were, there were five mm. of us. We threw, in a, we threw in a third heavy hitter here, and, you know, it, it all kind of – the wheels came off once Jonathan joined.
3: Yeah, sorry about <laughs> the uh, technology problems <laughs> and interruptedness.
0: <laughs> that was awesome.
4: Listen, you know what? You're, you're now most of the way sold. Now we'll get you to your next show and – on the road to
0: 100. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm I'm looking forward to two sets of Goose soon.
1: Yes, us as I'm, well.
0: I'm a little bit surprised by like you know you go to these shows and like last night, Jonathan. I think when when Goose started, it was probably half full, right? And then no, yeah, it was more than that. Th- three quarters. But then, but then like like people are going to see tab. You know, I mean, not not everyone, but like a lot of people are like coming in half. Not half a third of the way into the goose set, and then you know, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't miss I wouldn't miss the, don't miss I, the goose I, set. I, I don't well, think people are are missing the goose set. I mean, you're discounting a little bit
3: of beer line situation, and uh, but it, surely it's lateness. you know acknowledge that this a full or mid size arena tour is happening and working because it's both the bands on the bill. So of course there's as I mentioned earlier there's people who aren't hardcore new noo- uh, goose fans showing up they're noobs to the uh, first band and you know and then you always have your stragglers people who are find it, are incapable of arriving on time for a concert.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
4: There we go. There it well, is. Well, we we will be back tomorrow same time same place, you know, you know the drill talking about Syracuse tonight, the dark side of the moon. That's going to get played. Uh, yes. I I am curious to see how full the venue is tonight, given the fact that you know we're seeing more and more tickets popping up. People unable to go uh, because of the incredible amount of snow in Buffalo. Um, you know, very sad. I won't be there. Um, but drive, it, drive safe. Yes. If anybody yeah, is still on their happy. way, and you know, hopefully everybody in Buffalo is doing well. Uh, hopefully your power stays on so you can webcast. You know we'll still be tweeting. Twitter still exists, so you know for we'll, now we'll be
0: there. I will say, guys, just I, I wonder about Syracuse and Reading, but and I'm going to Reading tomorrow. But I think around in in the section where I was last night and in Pittsburgh, I would say that like 75 percent of the people who I talked to, it was their first first Goose show. Oh well, yeah, S- small sample size. I don't know if you guys saw that in the earlier shows, Ryan or Neil, but. um it definitely, like, I think, I think they're they're getting a lot of new exposure and and probably a lot of new fans out of this, which is which is awesome. Psyched for it. Yeah. All right, we good. We good. I think...
1: Yeah.
0: All right, we'll Let's do
4: it.
2: right. My show Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie has hit 1 million podcast downloads because of you. This is huge. That means we're in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. I want to thank you for listening to the show and supporting what we do. Iron sharpens iron. On this show, we dive into the most pressing news of our time. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Providing insightful commentary and a heavy dose of fact-based truth. We cover criminal justice, politics, social justice, policy, and how racism affects us all. Find indisputable with dr rashad richie on apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast make sure you are subscribed to our show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to rate us with five stars now that we've reached one million podcast downloads let's get our show to number one in the podcast charts without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you